want to thank you for hopping on. Uh, honestly, man, I, I like to do these podcasts. I have some questions here, but I might dig a little bit deeper. And um, I almost want to ask you things that I'm personally curious about. And I'm personally wondering, like, how you were able to get to where you are. Um, that- for people who are just hopping on right now, welcome to another episode of the Superior Man Podcast. This is my good friend, uh, Mike Zhang, Mike the Fighter Zhang. And uh, I just wanted him to hop on here because um, he is someone that I uh, find very inspiring and I actually aspire to be more like. And also, how's been quarantine treating you so far? Um, I mean, nothing's really changed too much for us. Um, our plan this year was to sit down and get focused on business. So we didn't actually have any plans to travel. So uh, and we all work from home being it being an online business. So we just focused more. So it wasn't too bad. So it was almost like a good thing for you because now you were able to sit down and focus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, it was funny timing because <laughs> we just got back from Colombia, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I heard Colombia is like completely shut down. So you guys got, got back at a pretty good time. Yeah, very, very good timing. Yeah, that's awesome. What does that uh, poster behind you mean to you? I know you got that recently. I wanted to ask why you got that. Yeah, so it's just a black Amex that says no limit 24-7, 365 on it. Um, yeah, I just I just think it looks really cool. Like, it's a black Amex. Like, uh, you know, I just it's like the, the definition I feel like about what we live for, right? We're, like, living a no limit lifestyle. We try to do as much as we can and push things. Yeah. Yeah, because I know you're, uh, I mean, uh, I lived where you guys are, and I know that you're very uh, adamant on putting things in front of you to constantly remind you of what your goals are or what the next step is for your achievement. Do you think that made a huge difference in between what you actually achieved in your life? Like, was that a big uh, part of your success criteria is to constantly remind yourself of your goals? Because I know you had even like a check printed on your mirror that said how much you yeah. wanted monthly. Man, I, um, <clears throat> that check is now framed. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the same, it's a, it's the, so, you know, I, when I started my business, I, I was in a relationship, you know, I wasn't supported. So I quit, I, I left my ex-girlfriend and then, you know, my business and I wrote this check. Um, I wrote it in 2017 for, you know, my amount that I wanted to make. Um, and I didn't hit it in 2018. And then um, in 2019, we finally hit it. So um, now I, I framed it, right? Because I like, even living in my small, really shitty apartment, um, I had this post up in the bathroom just as a reminder. And I absolutely think it is because you need to have like some reminder of your goals every day, right? It's like, you need to have a clear direction. It's like you're a ship and you're sailing rough waters. If you don't have that direction and you're always orienting yourself to it, you can easily get off course. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, why don't you first tell us, uh, because I know there's a lot of people who are going to be watching this or listening to this who don't necessarily know who you are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, what it is it you do? Um, how you got it? Everything's kind of like your, uh, a cliff notes of your life story. Yeah. Um, so I was, I guess now I'm in digital entrepreneur you run a workout and supplement company online before i did what i do now i was a fighter so i was working corporate as an engineer i have a master's degree in engineering 
from University of Toronto. And I was also a competitive fighter for about from 18 to 24. I was actively competing. Um, this means training roughly five to six days a week, between two and a half to four hours a day, um, fighting, representing Team Canada. I fought over 21 amateur fights, uh, two-time North American Muay Thai champion. Well, I have the title for one of them, and then the second one, I play second. So that's me, basically. That's awesome, man. I, I know you told me this a little bit before, uh, but I want to dig it a little bit deeper. Like, what instances made you actually want to become a fighter, um, you know, way back when you actually decided to become a champion? Um, you know, I stumbled on, upon it almost by, by luck. You know, I tried out for a lot of different sport teams when I was younger because I wanted to kind of, you know, be, be an athlete, right? And um, I wasn't really good at many sports. You know, I tried for the soccer team. I was really bad. Basketball, same thing. I got cut from every one of these teams. And then one day somebody suggested to me that I try boxing. And I walked into the boxing gym. I, I don't know. It just, luck, I guess I got lucky almost. It, the, the sport of fighting just made sense to me. You know, from the first punch that I threw, it just felt right. And I almost knew from the moment I walked into the gym, I just knew, like, when I put the first glove on, I remember that this is my sport. And... I always just wanted to do it because I enjoyed it. You know, at the gym, people were telling me that I was like talented, I was good. And this is back when I was younger when I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. You know, I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. And I always saw myself as like the, the you know, like the quiet, shy, kind of awkward, you know, because I was like that, right? I'm not what I am today when I was younger. And then the gym environment was always like, oh, you're super jack, you're super good, you're talented. So I naturally just went towards that. And um, I never wanted to become a competitive fighter to tell you the truth. I just said to myself, like, I wanted to do it because I really, really liked it. And when I started competing, I always made the rule, which was if I get really hurt, like a serious concussion, I would just quit. And I just never, I just, you know, I started fighting and I just started winning every single one of my fights. Right. That's awesome, man. So what were some, I guess, mindset shifts that you had to make in order to actually thrive as not only a fighter, but eventually get to become a champion? I think the biggest thing was just, you know, once you start, Tim, Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, the positivity loop where you start off by having, you know, uh, self-belief and then you put action behind it because you believe in yourself. And we all know with more action yields more results. So now all of a sudden you get results supporting your self-belief. Well, that result is going to make you say, oh yeah, like I believe in myself more, right? So now you just spiral upwards, right? Which is what I did. Um, I never... A lot of people see fighters as aggressive, loud. I've never felt like I was like that. For me, I just enjoyed the training. I love the art. I love hitting the bags. Today, I still train regularly. Um, I just enjoy it. So the mindset, the biggest mindset shift was believing in myself and having the environment that supported me and just loving to thrive in it and having fun with it. Got it. Um, cool. That's awesome, man. So coming from a place of a fighter where you had to eventually get to a point where you believed in yourself to become a champion, I guess, how did those mindset shifts as a fighter apply to your personal life or your business life even today? I think a lot of it has to do with confidence in yourself. You know, I'll give an example. Um, and my friend will probably watch this, right? He, he went down the corporate route just like I did and he got a house, got a kid and stuff. And he always tells me like, he wants to be an entrepreneur. Well, you can't say you, you're going to be an entrepreneur without putting in the work or risking things, right? The truth is when you're a fighter, every time you get in a ring, you're risking something. 
So the mindset has to be like, yes, I'm going to put in the work, but you got to understand that with the amount of work that you put in, it's equivalent to your self-confidence, right? So every time I get in the ring, I'm very scared. I'm very worried because the truth is you're about to get in there with somebody that is trying to hurt you, right? Trying to kill you. So when I train, I'm always pushing myself. Um, if any of my former teammates were watching this, will tell you, like, I will never let anybody beat me in a run. You know, we do road work, right? I I'm always the one that can always push a little bit more at the end. And it's because I needed mentally to know that I can believe in my training when it came push, when it came fight time. Same with business. Like, you can't be an entrepreneur and, and say that I want to play it safe, right? Like, you can't be like, I'm going to not risk anything because that just doesn't happen, right? You're gonna, sometimes you're going to have to pay the money to go to this course, you, but, you, but you do it because you know you believe in yourself abilities. So my friend, I make fun of him a lot, right? I'm like, you can't call yourself an entrepreneur because you're not an entrepreneur. You've been playing it safe your whole life. So it's like somebody coming to the gym and being like, I want to be a fighter, right? You're not a fighter if you're not going to get in the ring and risk getting yourself hit. So that's the biggest mindset shift for me was having the work ethic, having the confidence coming together and meeting at a point where you can take those risks. Got it. So it's almost like the same thing in fighting where you, every time you go in the ring, you're risking getting hit, but you also believe in your training. You also believe in the work that you put in behind it. So the same thing with entrepreneurship, if you want to grow, you realize there's a risk behind there. You realize that it may not work, that you may get hit really hard, but you also have that self-belief because you're like, well, I've prepared for this. You know, I've learned X, Y, Z. I've took this seminar. I've done this thing. I've worked all these hours and I have this amazing team, et cetera, et cetera. So the chances of, of almost like success is, is a lot higher, right? Absolutely. Cool. So now we're, we're talking about mindset shifts that have helped you, right? What were some mindsets or certain beliefs that were almost holding you back from really making the, getting to the success level that you're at right now that you had to actually let go of to get to where you are? Um, so, you know, I don't tell a lot of people this when I first meet them, but you know, my, my environment growing up was a little bit different. You know, my dad um, actually wasn't around. He left when I was quite young. So I haven't seen him until actually like maybe three weeks ago. So we're talking a span of like 15, 16 years, right? I haven't wow. seen them. So um, I grew up in an environment where it was very negative towards me. So my, my mom struggles with a lot of mental health issues. So I would come home and I would tell her something and she would almost brush it off as if I wasn't capable. So I had a very negative view on me. At the same time in school, um, I was kind of new to that, to that neighborhood. So I was a little weird. And to be honest, like I'll, I'll, I'll admit, like I was a little weird, you know, we, we all go through a weird phase. So that was the, the silo that I was put in, right? Like the weird, skinny, scrawny, nobody really wanted to be his friend. Um, I wasn't really good at school either. So I was like not even hanging out with like the smart kids, right? Like it was like I was just not good in school, not good, you know, not cool. I had nothing, right? So I kind of ingrained that in myself. So when I, when I jumped into the gym and everybody started telling me I was good, that is where it changed. Because all of a sudden, like today, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been living this life for a long time and I'm so grateful for it because like I can literally in, walk into a random gym and I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but if the person's a fighter, I probably, he, 
we probably know each other or they know of, of me, even though I'm not like super good. I, I, I do have a lot of experience. You know, I don't consider myself really the best, but like I've, I've changed my mindset because now I believe in myself, right? I believe that I can do it. Whereas before I was almost trained to not believe in myself. Mm-hmm. It was just the way that the negative views that my mom had on me, you know, it was a very negative filter. And the biggest thing, the best thing that's ever happened to me, to be honest, is when I cut every, all of that off. Mm-hmm. So when I went to go open my business, I literally told my mom, I said, hey, look, like, if you're not going to support me, same with my, my ex, right? I just said, look, if you're not going to support me, I'm going to just cut you off for a couple of years or dump my ex. And I need to do what I got to do for my life. You know, now my family is not complaining because all of a sudden when I, everyone needs to go out for dinner and I'm fronting the bill, they're not complaining, right? So the biggest thing I had to change was getting rid of negative people around me and getting everyone who's willing to, you know, if we're on the same boat going to our destination, everybody has to be like kind of paddling, right? We're doing something. You can't be sitting this boat down where you got to get the hell off the boat. That makes sense. So would you say like, because I feel like there's, there's people out there who are almost, they feel like they're stuck with the environment that they're in. They're like, well, I can't get rid of my mom or I can't get rid of my dad. Um, I can't get rid of my siblings, et cetera, et cetera. Even though they're really, ask me this where they say, you know, uh, how do you deal with negative people, especially if they're super close to you, whether it's your girlfriend or whether it's parents or whether it's family. So in those moments where you decided, you know what, I'm going to step away from you guys. What was the inner thoughts? Was it that it it was almost like you had to sacrifice them in order for you to be successful? Yeah, pretty much. It, It was just that, I mean, it was very difficult when you're in it. And that's why I really believe in going back to your earlier questions, having, you know, the check, the listening to positive audiobooks. you know, I would always listen to go back to motivational videos and YouTube every night. And I really felt like that helped because it put me in a mind, mind in a place where, although it was difficult, right. Being in a comfortable relationship for five years, leaving it and be, having to do what I had to do. But you got to understand that, like, I want a better family for my future kids or my future partner, whoever I'm with. And I want a better life for myself. So for me, you know, growing up as a very poor person, you know, my family was, was not wealthy at all. I've experienced that, right? I've experienced listening to people tell me that you got to be nice to, for example, like, you got to be nice to my mom's boyfriend at one point because you know we don't have any money so i was like all right like okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna make so much money that it's not gonna be an issue anymore so i just knew to create a better future for my whatever next generation i had to pay the price right how do you find those positive people in your life you know i was really lucky to find people such as you know like yourself um Jay, you know, Jason Maxwell, Peter Zimmis. I, you know, I think if you go out and you look for people, people will be very, very welcoming to, especially like-minded people, especially the, the positive growth-oriented individuals. They're out there, right? It, it, they may not be in your circle right away, but they're out there. You know, right. when, I, when I started networking with people, I would fly to anywhere. I would hit up, for example, Mike Westerdahl, who I still consider one of my 
biggest mentors in, in, in life, I hit him up on Facebook and he said, okay, well, if you want to come down, I need somebody to shoot some workout videos uh, in Florida, right? And I was like, sure, I'm down. I'll come. What day? I didn't even book the flight. I didn't know where he lived. I don't know what Airbnb I'd get. I was like, I'm going. If I got to hitchhike down there, I'm hitchhiking down there because I was already all in at this point. So going back to your question, you got to make those connections. Got it. It's almost like a commitment that like, well, if I want to succeed, I'll have to surround myself with the right environment. And I guess you learned that early on when you were, when you were fighting and you came out of that negative environment, you're like, holy crap, maybe, maybe I am good at this. Maybe I do have confidence in something uh, because you didn't know because you were in that negative environment for so long. Mm -hmm. So do you almost feel like, because even for me, I almost feel like I, I kind of grew up the same where I was in a very negative environment. I was seeing violence every day in my house, but I almost feel like that gave me a chip on my shoulder to not only prove to myself, but prove other people wrong to want to succeed and, and become more self-sustaining. Do you almost feel like if you had a super positive life and all these things were great for you, that you would still be in the same position. Yeah, you know, I, I, I talk about this all the time. You know, I have a charity that I, where I sponsor kids through Muay Thai to have the positive influence in their life that I had. And I always tell them this, like, and, and I truly believe this, whether you're religious, God or the universe, wouldn't have given you the things in your life without knowing that you can deal with it. So for me, the obstacles that are in my life, I've always used them as rocket fuel for my success. And without the negative people in my life telling me that I couldn't do it, without the people that, you know, try to push me down, I really don't think I could have done it because in those really difficult moments, you know, when you're going all in on a business, you know, I, I was probably, I put close to $80,000 before my business even was close to taking off. And it's very scary, you know, um, in those minutes, those moments, sorry, you really have to think about what's driving you. And you really, really, just like fighting, right? You really have to dig deep. You have to be able to dig super deep into the pits of your stomach. I think Muhammad Ali said, because when it's like you're in the ring and you get dropped with a body shot and you're tired, it's already been like rounds of fighting and you're on your hands and knees and you're like, you know, in agonizing pain. I've, I've been here, right? I've, I don't like this, but I've been dropped in the fight. And in that moment, you got to find out who you really are. And if you don't have those very powerful moments in life fueling you, you may not get through it. So I do believe that your difficult moments are your best assets. Got it. So what would you tell the guy who has had an easy life all his life and he's never been through any difficult moments and he's unhappy because he realizes, and I, and I have guys asking me this all the time. He's like, well, I've had a good life. You know, I've had a good upbringing. I've had everything that I've wanted given to me. I've never had to deal with any negativity. Everything was just handed to me, but I'm lazy and I have all these problems and I'm depressed and I eat like shit and I do all these things and I'm not disciplined. What would you tell that guy? Would you tell that guy to almost put himself in a bad position or put himself through hardship? Hmm. Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. I've, Hmm. I mean, I think that's why going all in, I mean, for business, I think this could work. I mean, for fighting, I, it's hard to say, man, like I have a good, good friend of mine. His name is Mike Durst. 
Um, he's a really tough fighter and he, he's kind of like me, you know, he, we both have a chip on our shoulders when we were, when we were running. He was my main sparring partner, main training partner, um, because I could always rely on him to try to take me out. Right? I, at the end of the day, I trusted going to battle with him because I knew in training, this guy really tried to take my head off, right? He's a talented fighter. And he's had, from what I've known, he's, had, he's got a great life. But I don't know, he, he, he was able to just find, maybe he found martial arts because he learned that work ethic through martial arts. And now he's, he's an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I have utmost respect for him, even though I, you know, like I'm a much better fighter than him. and He knows it. Like, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, I guess maybe you just have to find something. Try a sport or put yourself in a position where you do have to, I guess, eat a little bit of shit before you can succeed. Got it. Okay. And I wanted to ask you this because I've always been curious. Like, I knew you when you were, you know, making like 5K a month, 10K a month with your online business. What part of you said, you know what, fuck this. I, I'm worth more. I have more potential. And uh, you created this, this company that you have right now. Uh, in the supplement line, what made you decide, you know what, I'm going into supplements. This is, this is my route and this is what's going to make me eventually become a millionaire. Hmm. I guess I've always had a desire to do bigger things and I knew that I was only scratching the surface of what I could achieve. So I just wanted to push more. I've always just enjoyed pushing hard, you know, even fighting and training. I've always liked to take things to find out really who I am and I don't know. I feel like it makes me very fulfilled knowing that I can just keep trying to reach and just keep pushing hard. I think, um, what's that called? Like happiness is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. You know, I feel like every morning I wake up and I feel great because I know that I'm, I'm always trying to find my upper limit. Um, I think about a lot of the charities that I'm investing in. I think about the people that I'm helping and the example that I'm setting for people. So yeah, I mean, I just wanted to always push and see how, how high we can go, how, what the upper limits are. Got it. Okay. So the, the biggest factor for you was like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm pushing myself hard enough. And I feel like there's, there's an upper limit. So, and, and I've almost asked this myself as well, because I have that same mentality of like, what, what's the next thing? How can we push more? But when is pushing enough or is it a, a lifelong desire to constantly push more? Is it something that you will have to do for the rest of your life? Um, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy being competitive. I enjoy trying to build a big company. I feel very fulfilled with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, I don't really feel like I'm really pushing that hard. Like I, I have a pretty good routine now and I have a lot of good people around me. So I feel like it's, it's, I'm in a position now where I don't have to push as hard where we, I guess like we're still pushing, but it's different now. Right. I'm not like waking up and grinding all day. I'm more thinking about like high level uh, directions of the company. Cause now we have employees. I have uh, directors of different segments and our business is now compartmentalized to different segments. So I think my role has changed. So I'm not really grinding like 16 hour days like I used to. So it's a little bit different. Got it. Okay. So would you say in the beginning is when you have to almost like push yourself until you get to the point where your lifestyle is starting to take care of itself and you have a great lifestyle. And then you get to a point where you're like, all right, now it's about long-term growth and long longevity. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say for me because I'm I'm still new to this territory. I like I have mentors that I look up to. Um, I mean, I, I do work. I, I feel like I do work a good amount, but I just feel like it's a lot different now. It's just a little bit easier. Whereas before, I was in my apartment by myself doing everything on my own, right? Like I was answering customer service emails. I would hit up like people to promote my offers or like trying to find people to support me. So it was all like me. I was even like creating the workout programs, um, going in, like literally emailing each customer one by one, right? So I just felt like I was grinding my, like almost just grinding myself to, to burnout, right? Now, you know, I wake up, I can check in with my team. Um, you know, we've got like media buyers. I have a customer service director. So it's more like calling them and having meetings now, which is actually a lot easier, right? Than like grinding it out in the morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, your, your success is, is long overdue. I remember coming over a few times and me and Jason were, were ready to go out or you'll go get some food and party and have fun. You <laughs> were still up like 9 PM, 10 PM, just fucking grinding behind yeah. the computer, you know, answering customer service emails yourself. And I remember those times. <laughs> yeah, that was, man. I, I feel like sometimes I don't, I'm like, I'm not the smartest person. I don't think. Whereas Jason is very good at like, I don't hope we're not now talking, but Jason's very good at like de delegating things and being intelligent. Whereas I'm like, I can grind, right? If I have to like get something done and it just takes me hours, I'm like, whatever, I'll just grind it out. Right. What, what do you get from that? What do you get from the grind? Like, how, does it make you feel good to do it? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like sometimes maybe it's something that I, it's, that's not good for me. Because I feel like if I didn't work hard enough, the success is almost like it's not real, right? Like sometimes I, I have a hard time almost like trusting other people. And I'm, luckily I'm getting better now because, you know, I have people under me that I fully trust. But before it was like, oh man, like, do I let go of that? You know, as my company was scaling past the, you know, multi-million dollar mark, it was, it was getting harder and harder, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So you saw me grinding it out just almost like spinning a wheel, like in, in, in mud, right? Like I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, your, your success was, was kind of fast. Like you became successful pretty quickly. Do you think that it was good timing or there was any luck towards it or was it all prepared ahead of hand for you to be able to put yourself in a position of success or was it maybe a mixture of both where things happen, good timing, good luck, and you were also prepared? Yeah, I definitely think it was a combination of all that. You know, I, I can't say I didn't get lucky because I do believe I got very lucky. Um, but it was also hard work, surrounding yourself with the right people and just reading a lot. You know, I, I looked at people. I What I did is I really just modeled people that kind of already made it. I surrounded myself with them. I listened to the conversation they were having. I just took notes. I just I just tried to learn, learn and learn and then I would execute. Um, you know, to you, it may look made it made of, you know, it's funny because so like, I remember when you, I read this from Elon Musk, right? He's like, if you work a 40 hour week and another person works a 120 hour week, then technically you, you can do what they do in three years and one year, right? So, I mean, yeah, I feel like I did work. I was, it was kind of quick, right? We went and broke multi seven figures in under two years. Um, but I feel like the first year that I did it, I literally did like maybe three years or four years even of like work. Cause I remember like for literally months I would get up at 5 a.m. right. And I would like work all day till like 9 p.m. And I'd wake up the next day and work, right? Like it was just crazy. I totally burned myself out, but it's like, I had to do it, right? Like I, we had no choice. Cause 
at this point, I already quit my job, left my girlfriend, even like cut off my own family members, right? I was like, just, I'm, I need to make this work. If this doesn't work, that's it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm curious, you, you said you surrounded yourself with people who've done it, you learned and executed. What were some of those key people or key figures that all of a sudden made that big, big difference in your life? Um, I mean, like a lot of the biggest, biggest players in, in our industry, right? Like the, the Mike Westerdahl was a big one. Um, Joel Marion. Um, I joined Vince Del Monte's uh, mastermind is where I met a lot of people. Um, Alain Gonzalez, obviously Jason Maxwell, Peter Zemis. Um, I have a buddy of mine who I used to train with, uh, Andrew Raposo. He's in this game too. So it was just like, oh, like Wesley Virgin, you know, going to all these events, just seeing the people that were doing it and seeing the lifestyle that they had was um, very, very eye-opening for me. What, what about you decided to go, you know what, I'm going to invest, because I know you joined uh, Joel's Mastermind, which is like 100K. That's a lot of money to invest in, especially at the time when I felt like you didn't you know, necessarily have that money ready to go. Mm-hmm. What, what was in your mind when you decided to say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to invest this 100 grand and join this Mastermind, even though I don't have this money, where a lot of people are almost afraid of investing 1K or 2K or 3K into themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, anyone that's watching, I mean, it, it, that is probably not the best example because at that point we were already making, like we, it was, I think, April 2019 is when I broke this this check, right, which is $50,000 a month. Um, so 100K to me at that point was money, but it wasn't as much as the first mastermind that I joined with Vince because at that point I my company was literally making maybe like, 2k a month not even right if you factor in expenses we probably weren't even making money definitely right. not. weren't so that mastermind which was uh 1500 us so two grand canadian was a huge hit on my pocket right i i had saved up about 80k and this is the money that i was basically eating into paying rents paying you know like food and all that stuff but that was a big hit but you know um like i said if you really want to be in the arena you got to make sacrifices. Wow. You, you can't like, you can't realistically expect to be a fighter and not get hit. You know, like I, it, it just, you, you got to like at some point, you know, just make the jump. You got to be intelligent about it and make sure that you're not getting jumping, you know, like, like you're not just, you know, two stories off the ground jumping, right? You want to make sure you're jumping as high as you can, which is how much, assets you have right money then before you jump maybe like you know can you build parts of the plane right because if you just jump and you got nothing you have no no tools or nothing then it's like you just hit the ground very quick right so like i had all the tools that i all the homework i already did i had my offer up i had the people ready so when i joined vince's mastermind i basically or when i jumped when i quit my job it was like i was up and running right away even then it was still hard right so it was almost a calculated risk. And I love that you said that quote because I had to write it down. It, it immediately struck me. It's like, if you want to be in the arena, you have to make the sacrifices. You have to be willing to do that. Yeah, like my, <laughs> I shouldn't be bringing this up because I feel like I'm hammering him. But like, dude, you can't expect to be like, oh, I want to be like an entrepreneur and like run a business and do it part-time. Like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Like, 
it's like this, right? Like um, I had a fight, right? I just won my North American title and I went to New York and it was a hometown dude, hometown hero almost. And before the fight, we, you know, we shook hands, whatever, we're cool. And he was, he came to my change room and was like, uh, so like, yeah, so what's your training schedule like? And I was like, mm, I don't know, like six days a week, three hours a day. And I've been active for like the past year. And he was like, what? Right. Like, and I was like, yeah, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I train like three times a week. And I, I was just like, cool. Like, good luck. Right. Good luck to you, honestly. And then in the fight, I, I mean, you, you probably seen the video where I had to kick the guy and he was like unconscious, just fell flat, you know, on his face. Right. So that's what happened because like it, you know, I went in there very prepared and I knew that I could execute. So yeah, I mean, the point of taking a risk, you, you want to make sure you're ready, but then you don't want to take too much of a risk. So that's, yeah. That's, right. yeah. And I've seen that video and uh, I'm, I've also sparred with you, so I know how you pick <laughs> pick a person apart, like little by little. Um, it's it's really intense. So, what part of of your success do you think was luck, and which which of it was actually prepared? Mm, I'd say probably like seventy percent preparedness and thirty percent luck. Got it. And and what points of it was luck? Like, what do you feel like you got lucky on? Honestly, like. As cheesy as it may sound, I feel like we're lucky because we live in Canada. Mm. You know, I told my little cousin, I was like, uh, he's 16, and, and you know, my coaching with him is hilarious. Like, like it's funny because he's kind of like soft, right? So I'm like, hey, look out the window. He's like, what? what? I'm like, yeah. you see a bomb going off, right? He's like, no, I don't see a bomb going off. I'm like, do you see people dying in the streets? He's like, no. I'm like, yeah. You know how lucky you are? Like, there are people in this world that wake up and shit, their roof is being blown off their house. Like in Colombia, my assistant that I hired, I went to her house. Um, we, we went to her house because we, we wanted to like, you know, because we, 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 I hired the assistant because we, we wanted to have local help, right? Take us around. She could speak the English and language and stuff. And we went with her to our neighborhood to kind of meet her family, right? To be good, like good people. And then she was like, yeah, the, the whatever gangs run this neighborhood, but don't worry, like they won't touch you. They, I paid them equivalent to $2 a month in, in like bribery. And I was like, like, I just looked at my friends and I was like, man, do, like, do they know that in my pocket right now, I probably have equivalent to like a thousand times that, right? <laughs> so then we just got out of there and left, right? right. But like, we're so lucky just to be here. Like how lucky am I that I get to sit here in this beautiful condo and like work from my laptop, right? Like it, it, if you look at history, like right now, it is the best time to be alive. We have the lowest chances of mortality from any diseases. As crazy as the media makes this like whatever, like makes it seem like we're living in the worst times. If you actually looked at facts, facts, we are living in the best time ever. We have more access to information, right? We don't, we're not, we're not in war, right? The country is safe. Like you can walk down the road and not worry about anything. And the only thing we got to do is work hard. Right. It's not even that hard, right? We're talking, you just got to work 12 hours a day, maybe seven days a week. Like, come on. That's like, to me, that's not that hard. Right. Right. So I just feel like that's very, very lucky. That's a, that's a very good perspective because even asking that question from you, I was almost like looking for an event to be an answer. Like, oh, maybe I met this person or this thing happened. But the truth is, 
that it's the little things that you don't even see every day is your luck. The fact that you live in a first world country, the fact that you live in the best time in history, the fact that you can have the ability to work from your computer and you don't have to be a farmer. Like that in itself is the luck that's created for you right away. Yeah, man, there's so much other shit, uh, stuff that I, my girlfriend and I were always like, dude, like, I can't believe how lucky we are. That's like our regular conversation. It's literally like, man, I cannot believe like just the things that you can do now from this little black box, right? Right. Like I can, I can put on Instagram and reach thousands of people or, you know, send out an email and make money or make YouTube videos and like have millions of people see it. It's just incredible right now. We, we are, we're so fortunate to be living in this time. That's beautiful, man. I, I really like that mentality. I'm, I'm curious, what are, what were some like positive instances in your childhood or maybe even negative ones that made you who you are today to, to have this kind of positive and grateful mindset all the time? Like, you know, we talked a little bit about it. You, you grew up in a negative home. And then when you came into a positive environment, that, that was an instance that really helped you. What were some in, other instances, whether positive or negative, that impacted you uh, to be the person you are today? Um, I mean, if I, if I just look back on a couple of really powerful moments in my life, the biggest one probably um, is when, you know, I, my, my mom has a boyfriend who um, I don't like. I still don't like him today. Um, to me, he's a bum, which he is. And, you know, one night we got into an argument and my mom actually left me. So he basically, I put, I put up a picture of my goals, right? I put a Rolex on, I put on um, some diamond rings and him and his friend came over and they were calling me, uh, they were like, oh, you know, like you know, only women like jewelry. And if you're a man and you like jewelry, then, you know, they're calling me gay. Like they literally said like you're gay, right? And I, I was like 17, 16 years old. And then um, we got into a big argument with, with the two of them that day. And then I remember that my mom went and supported them, right? And not with me. And in, in my mind at that time, it was like, okay, well now you realize that you're kind of independent. You're, you're doing a lot of things on your own. You got to learn how to fend for yourself. So that started changing in my mind because I got, I got used to basically looking after myself. So, um, you know, then my first company that I launched, and I do believe that's why I did it is because I realized I wanted to kind of be um, self-sustainable. So I, I started mowing my neighbor's lawns, right? Cause my neighbor asked me to mow his lawn for 40 bucks. And I was like, oh, I can go ask 10 of my neighbors and I would make more than minimum wage, way more, which was eight bucks at that time. So I was, I would go out and I would work like 12 to 16 hour days as like an 18 year old and I would mow people's lawns. And eventually I was making like 18 to 20 K a month, right. From just literally landscaping, mowing people's lawns. And, um, I remember one, one, one day her boyfriend, once again, got really negative, right. Cause he, he's never really had a real job today's day. He still never had a job and he was kind of, mocking me and making fun of me saying that oh like you think you're a big shot but like your business is very small and then we were watching tv some that later that day and he said he said something racist to me right um so i punched him in the face right and we got into a fist fight right there in the house and i remember when the cops got called and they came in um they were basically asking my mom what what they wanted to do and my mom was like okay well i'm gonna kick my, my son out so that's when I lived on my own, right? At 17 years old, I got kicked out um, and I moved to Toronto. So I got kicked out at like 17. Um, and that was basically the day where I was kind of like, all right, like these, these things 
clicked in my mind where I had to kind of take care of myself and, for, and be self-independent. Now, it wasn't like all bad, right? You know, like we still had, a, I still have a relationship with my parents and she's got to do, her, she's got to have her life. And I totally get that. But that instance made me realize that I have to be strong and be able to kind of sustain myself. So those moments really ultimately, in my opinion, allowed me to grow up very quickly, which changed my perspective on life, which allowed me to realize I was very fortunate, and very lucky um, to have the opportunities that I had in my life. And that's why ultimately I, I've, I feel like I'm here is because those moments taught me so much about myself. Wow. That, that's really powerful, man. Like just hearing that you would almost want to say, oh man, that sucks. That was so rough. But you're, you're saying that you're grateful because you're like, wow, holy shit. When I got kicked out at 17, I had to become self-reliant and that allowed me to really quickly grow. And it was almost a blessing in disguise. I mean, it truly was, man. Like if you, if you look at where they are today, um, you know, he still never had a job. Um, you know, I got that Rolex now, right? The blue Submariner. I don't know if I showed you yet, but you yeah. know, that, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm always like, you know, I, I literally have like, he's driving, he's driving Uber now. Right. Um, I'm always like, I literally have this like six month income on my wrist. Right. And I mean, that, that thing to me was, was, you know, not even a week. Right. Um, so we get to travel a lot now and we get to work from home. You know, my girlfriend and I, we have a really good relationship. We work out a lot and we have the freedom to do what we want to do. And ultimately I just have to thank those powerful moments because they gave me the fuel that I needed to take the risks, to, to work those long nights and to remind myself that, you know, you, you have to make it because you just got to do it. That's powerful, man. Why do you think people hate? Why do you think that guy was, was hating on you so much. Do you think it was just because he wanted to rationalize his, his own failure to himself? Why do you think people try to push you down? You know, it's funny. I, I, I was always thinking about this. And then one day, Jason gave me a bunch of mushrooms and I really understood. I feel uh -huh. like people, right? Because <laughs> I thought about it. And it helps a lot with selling too, that everyone will see things through their filter. No, we all have our own egos. Right. We will always do what satisfies ourselves. So a person who is lazy, who's, um, who has not worked out, they can't, they, they, for the most part, when they see a fit person, they're, they're not going to be happy because a fit person makes them realize their own inadequacies, right? It, it's, not, it's not a good trait. I get like this too. Sometimes when I'm walking around and I see somebody, whatever, you know, like better looking than me, more fit, whatever, my first thought is like, oh man, can I find something wrong to just to suppress my ego because my ego just got hurt. But then I check myself and I'm like, you know what? That is a beautiful car where, dude, you have an incredible physique. You must've worked very hard for it, right? But I feel like a lot of times people can't check themselves. And that's exact. I mean, that's so obvious to me now is because I was 18 years old going out there, literally cutting lawns, right? Like my business, if you Google lawn sharks and Mike Zhang, like I, I was put on the news, I was put in the newspaper and it made him feel inadequate. But that's why he came over it. That's why when I put up a Rolex on the, the wall, he realized that as a grown man, like these are things that you should know to do. Right. Like if you're a grown man and you don't have goals, like that's not a good thing, right? So they came over, I was young to try to suppress me to make themselves feel better. And once again, it, it, it did nothing but kind of help me because now I was able to understand them. And now I kind of use that and it just ultimately gave me the fuel that I needed to be successful. 
that's amazing. So it's almost like they they need to prove to themselves like, oh no, no, what I'm doing is fine. And to make themselves feel better, they try to push you down uh, mm-hmm. the process. Okay, that makes sense. I'm curious, what are some of your, your favorite books that have made a huge impact on you? Hmm. Um, hey, so many really good books. I think the one that really stands out to me um, was Shoe Do- uh, was it Shoe Shoe Dogs by um, Phil. Nice. Uh, yeah, by Ni- the, the founder of Nike. That was a good one. Um, his story is just incredible, right? When I read the book, I really felt like I resonated with him. I really like Mike Tyson's uh, biography, the one that he wrote. Um, and there's a lot of other business books that are good too, like uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, um, The Magic of Thinking Big, um, Millionaire Mindset by um, Eckhart Ecker, I think. Yeah. You said Magic of Thinking Big and, and Millionaire Mindset? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'm curious, what, what does your morning routine or daily routine look like now versus what it looked like before? Um, like when I was really grinding in my grinding phase, I typically wake up at like five to five thirty, and I would, um, you know, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom and stuff. And I would go work. Um, usually I would go to, there was a Starbucks cross street from my old apartment. They opened at like five. I would go there. I would be in the corner and I would work. And I, I like this because, um, my back was facing like every, the, the crowd. So I always felt like if I was like on YouTube watching videos and stuff, people would be like, what's this guy doing, right? So I would always work. Um, and that allowed me to be successful. Like, not successful, but like allowed me to successfully work without getting distracted. Um, then I usually would, you know, go back, have some food. And my buddy, Mike Thurst at that time, who was living close to me, we would, he would come over and we'd go to the gym. And then uh, after the gym, shower and stuff, go home and work for the rest of the afternoon. Um, evening, I would usually do um, some audible some youtube and i would just cook and you know it's funny because like i I, i'm talking about it and i'm imagining myself in that situation and i literally get sick to my stomach because (laughs) man those were hard times like i would i would i would i would never want anybody to do that to themselves because it's hard but like it sucks because like you kind of got to go through it right when you're an entrepreneur like there there are going to be some lonely nights where you wake up and you're really going to question your life I had that, you know, like you probably had that. You must've had that, right? I've, I've woken up and had a panic attack. Um, I've literally gone to, I've had a, man, it's just, there's so many rough times, man. Like I've closed my eyes and had a nap and I fucking dreamt that my ex and I got back together. This is when I just woke up, right? When I was super sad, right? Like now things are a, a bajillion times better. Like my, my, my partner Marissa now and I have an incredible relationship so much better than what, like what, what, what I had, like it wasn't, it's not even comparable, but I would go, go, go take a nap, fall asleep because I was tired. And then I would imagine that my life was back to normal, that I still have my steady income coming in. Right. Cause at this time I was burning through cash like crazy. Like no, nobody su- supported me. I like, I didn't even know sometimes like how I could even cover, like I knew how I was in cover rent, but it was like very difficult. It was like, it was very cutting. It was cutting it very close. There were some months, right? Um, You're almost looking 12 months ahead. You're like, well, how much money do I have for the next 12 months or six months? You're, you're always looking into the future. 
Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because like that, that you know, the plane was coming down, right, and like the ground was coming, right. And I, I set myself a date, and I said if I don't make this much by this 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 then, I would just quit and go back to my job. Um, so I was, yeah. I mean, whew, those are those are some tough times. Now, wait, it's way less stress, right? I wake up like six, six thirty-seven. Whatever. If I sleep in, I sleep in a little bit. Um, I have a team now. I usually get up. I do a little bit of deep work, um, just two or three things that I focus on. I'll check in with my. Um, I have a data analyst. We have a dashboard that monitors all our, you know, sales and stuff, different channels that we have. Make sure everything's okay. And then typically by nine o'clock or nine thirty, um, I'll start. I'll have a little quick workout, depending on the day. Um, once I finish my workout, I'll come back, get showered up, eat, and I'll start my afternoon. I typically try to push all my meetings till um, after the afternoon. So then I'll have meetings for the afternoon. And I do a little bit more work in the afternoon. Um, when I wrap up at like five or six, we never work past seven now. And yeah, weekends, I try to take off. Maybe we do like two or three hours of work on the weekends. Would you say that's possible for the starting entrepreneur to kind of have that same lifestyle? Or do you think they have to go through that fucking 16 hour daily grind that you went through? See, I don't know. I can't speak confidently for everybody because I like I'm only a small sliver of all the entrepreneurs that have made it, and I don't even think I've made it that big. There are guys that are like way bigger than me, right? Um, I don't think you have to grind like that. I think if you were a little smarter, which I feel like I'm honestly like in terms of intelligence, I don't think I'm the smartest person. But like, if you were, I guess, I think it's totally doable without having to grind. I think if you just work like. I don't know. I think like 10, 12 hours a day, not like grinding hard is, um, is, is doable. Got it. I, I like your morning routine now. Cause you said you wake up at six to 7am, you might sleep in, you'll do some deep work. You'll look at the numbers in your business, work out, eat, do some meetings, maybe do a little bit of work and that's it. Whereas I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and I've done this myself is we get stuck in this thinking that we have to have this elaborate morning routine. And if we press snooze, we're pieces of shit. And if we get up and, you know, we have to do affirmations in the morning and then we have to have this and we have to do this and we have to do this. And then it's fucking 5 PM and you're still doing your morning routine. Yeah. And then you don't have any time for your work. So was this a thing that you had to go through where you're like, okay, that, that bullshit doesn't work. I have to focus on myself. Uh, or did you, do this all the time where was your morning routines like this all the time where it was just like get up work and and that's pretty much it um i've experimented different things i've tried the affirmation stuff um i i guess it, it depends for everybody i think people should try and see what works best for them because everyone's different so not everyone is meant to get up at like 5 a.m right it's it's like i find it really really hard um yeah so everyone's different i know some people love it like craig valentine um, loves waking up. He wakes up at like three or four, something crazy. But then he's also, yeah, he's also in bed by like eight, right? Um, right. I don't know. I, I liked, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like it worked. The six a.m. for me works really well. I get up. I, I you know, I, I quickly get to doing the two or three things that really move my the needle in my business, right? Um, and then I check in with my team and you know go have a workout. It, it works really well for me right now, but it may not always be there. But I think it's important for entrepreneurs 
especially for starting out from that zero to a million dollars in revenue stage to find out because um, ultimately you're driving sales in that first stage. Now, so now we're getting into like the nitty gritty of business, right? Um, you have to identify where your one source of um, sales is coming from and really dial that in and perfect it. Got it. That makes, that makes sense. So I wanted to go over some questions that I had from my audience. I picked only a few uh, so we don't get too much into it that I think is really good. Um, I like to do these kind of rapid fire. So I ask you a question. First thing that comes into your mind, just, just throw it out there. Okay. So first question comes from Anders and he asks, what would you tell your 17 year old self? Believe in yourself more. Believe in yourself more. This one comes from Jimmy. How to deal with bullies. Also, why did you get into martial arts? Learn how to fight. Uh, so I could deal with bullies almost. <laughs> okay uh this one comes from roland in a phase of intense growth like training for a title what sacrifices did you make in your life to be able to get to there whatever is needed i like that this one comes from it's black hefner hey uh oh no this just says <laughs> never mind this one says if you want to hear some great music follow my page <laughs> from infinite xp what mindset do you have to go uh at in your workouts on days when you feel lazy or exhausted or unwilling to lift it's okay to take slow days it's what it's okay to take slow days where you don't go as hard okay but as long as you do it at least do a slow day just so you have the repetition just show up if you don't show up, show up at the gym yeah, just cool. show up. Dude, well, yeah. Sorry, I was just just show up because like when you show up, you'll just feel, you'll you'll probably feel better and get into it. That makes sense, dude. I'm I'm so thankful for you popping on. I mean, I took so many notes from from just asking you these questions that I think I'm gonna start applying in my own life. Uh, dude, you're very inspirational. Uh, you're one of my biggest inspirations, and I look up to you. Um, I also take your take your supplement. I had it here. Yeah. <laughs> this is like. Honestly, man, I'm not even here to promote this, but like the ingredients on this is phenomenal. Like everything that you would want in, in a daily green smoothie that's going to help you. So uh, if you guys want to check out the, the golden ratio detox tea, I highly, highly suggest it. I take this every single morning. Um, if more people want to find you, how can they find you? Uh, Javi on Instagram, Michael Zhang 044. Okay, just Instagram. And if they have questions, should they just hit you up? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm always open to help helping people out. Cool. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for hopping on. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person and having some, some dinners or lunches again. Yes. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Bye.